Good morning, everyone. I'd like you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, we're going to be in chapter 13 of the Gospel of Luke, looking at verses 10 through 17. Now this week, we launch into the first spiritual discipline that we will cover in this series that we are calling Spiritual Training. The first way that we are going to train ourselves towards godliness, the first step in toiling and striving towards greater depths of Christian maturity. And the first discipline that we cover is rest. The first way that we train ourselves for godliness is obeying the biblical command to rest. I know that last week there may have been many of you who came away thinking to yourself, you know, I'm not sure how I'm going to handle being told each Sunday one more task to add to my already overscheduled life. And maybe you felt a bit overwhelmed by the thought of the disciplines. On the other hand, I know that there are some of you who are all fired up. You're ready to dive into the work of growing in your faith. You say, I'm ready to read chapters every day and pray for hours and commit to serve on every committee. At least some of you are. And yet we come this morning to the Word of God and we see that from the very beginning, the Lord has established a schedule for His people. A cycle of time based upon a one in seven pattern. Six days of work and one day of rest. And if we would grow in godliness, we must commit ourselves to the discipline of rest. You see, we live in a world that expects work without end. And the advent of digital media and communication has given work and activity an unprecedented opportunity to invade every moment of our lives. Now we can work in bed, at the family dinner table, and in our cars. We can work in the morning before we go to work. We can work during our lunch break. We can work in the evening. We can work on weekends. We can work on vacations. You ask the average person how they are doing, and often the reply is, I'm busy. But the Lord has given to His people the gift of rest. He has created a gift of grace that one day in seven we would rest from our work and we would rest in His work. That we would put aside the tasks and thoughts and worries of the world and gather with God's people to find refreshment for our souls. For if we would discipline ourselves toward greater depths of godliness, we will have to make the dedication to sever the flow of constant work in our lives so that we might receive the blessing of Christ's work. Today we come to the Gospel of Luke to see what it means to enter the rest of the Sabbath. And in verses 10-7 through we read of how one woman faithfully put aside her work to rest in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So hear now the word of the Lord. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. 
But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, there are six days in which you in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we come to you now. On this day that you have established that we would gather together. That we might call out to you. That we might hear your voice. Even as we sung this morning, it is on this day that the gift of the Spirit was poured out upon your church. And so we pray that in a new and fresh way, O God, that you would pour your Spirit out upon us. That we not, may not only be hearers of your word, but that your word might change our hearts that we might be doers of Your Word. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. What would happen if Jesus showed up to church one Sunday? What might He do or say to us? What type of crowd would gather if they knew that Jesus was going to be present? And what might you sacrifice to make sure that you were there to see and hear Him? Well, this is exactly what happens in our passage for this morning. Jesus shows up for church. That is, He comes to a local synagogue and teaches us the true importance of resting in His work. Look down at verse 10 of our text. We read there the setting of what's happening now. He, that is Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Now, we're not told exactly what Jesus was teaching, but the rest of the book of Luke gives us a rather clear picture of what his message would have been. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. For this purpose, I was sent. Jesus has come to preach the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. This message is summarized earlier in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus preached, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Throughout the Bible, the word Sabbath means more than just one day a week that we are to stop work and gather for worship. It does mean that, but it means more than that. For it it is a means of communicating the blessing of life in God's presence. It speaks of creation paradise before Adam sinned. And it speaks of the coming kingdom of God. This is why the book of Hebrews says that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. You see, Jesus preaches the promise of this future Sabbath rest. 
For the Sabbath was a picture of liberty, of healing, of forgiveness. It was a picture of the future existence in which our toil has ended, in which all sin is wiped away and all pain is relieved. What would happen if Jesus showed up to church? He would preach the promise of a Sabbath rest. Of a coming kingdom of liberty, of healing, of freedom and forgiveness established through His work. Why give yourself to the discipline of weekly Sabbath rest? Because this is the place where we hear this message of Christ. The message of the kingdom that is coming. This is where the kingdom is promised to God's people. Where the word of God is proclaimed. And if you desire to grow in your relationship with Christ, then you must discipline yourself to weekly come and rest in His promises. For it is through hearing the promise of Christ's work that faith is birthed and strengthened in our hearts. We discipline ourselves to be in church each week because each week our faith in Christ is strengthened as we hear His promise. But as soon as this message of Sabbath rest is promised by the preaching of the Lord Jesus, it's tested. Look down and see what happens in verse 11. It says, And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. You see, Jesus has just promised that He is about to bring rest and relief, recovery, set the captives free. And now stands before him a woman who needs that promise fulfilled to be released from the brokenness of her body. You see, we need to hear the promise of rest each week, but we also must be reminded of our need for rest each week. We must discipline ourselves towards weekly rest because so often we forget our need for Christ. When we see this broken woman It's easy for us to think, well, yeah, of course, yeah, she's the exception. She's the outlier. She has a disabling spirit. Yeah, she really did need Jesus to come and to work in her life and to set her free to give her rest. But I'm not like that. I don't need to rest. I'm fine. I don't need help. I don't need to stop. Many of us think the reason that we are not fulfilled and satisfied, the reason that we are struggling is because we aren't working hard enough in this world. That we haven't put enough effort, we haven't put enough time, we haven't put enough energy into self-improvement. And if we're unhappy, we think that we just need to add a little bit more work to our joy. But the reality is we're like a college student who stays up all night studying for a test, but ends up failing the test because he falls asleep while he's reading the questions. We work and we work and we work and we work and we work to find joy and fulfillment when the biblical command is that we would rest to find fulfillment. Why weekly Sabbath rest? Because we are in such desperate need of it. We've been bruised and broken by the fall. We are sheep who have gone astray. We are children who have squandered the inheritance. We so need a weekly anchor. We need to be brought back to this place where we see our need of Jesus Christ. 
to hear His invitation to us to come and to receive rest. So what can Jesus do for this woman? Can He make good on His promise, on His preaching? Can He bring rest to this woman who is toiling under brokenness and pain? Now, throughout the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has been strongly rebuked for His work on the Sabbath day. He had healed a man with a withered hand. And for His troubles, the Pharisees began to plot how they might have Jesus killed. This whole question of the Sabbath was a big deal. You see, the Sabbath was very important to the Jews in their relationship with God. It was instituted on the seventh day of creation. God commanded that His people work six days and rest on the seventh. But once sin entered the world, the Sabbath day became more than just a remembrance of God's good creation. It was now also a promise of the redemption to come. It was a promise that God would set His people free from the bondage of sin and give to them a new Sabbath day. He would redeem them from the broken Sabbath and give them rest. This is what, again, the author of Hebrews means when he says there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. The Sabbath that was looked back on the paradise of creation, the rest of being in a world without death, our brokenness, our sin. But the Sabbath that remains looks forward to the paradise of redemption to come. And the Sabbath is not rightly understood or celebrated without this forward look to the redemption that is to come. It is just a dead memorial if it only remembers and never experiences the power of the work of Jesus Christ. So look down at verse 12 and 13 and see what He does. It says, When Jesus saw her, He called her over, And said to her, woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. Now, some might think that Jesus was violating the Sabbath and showing, you know, this is no longer commanded by God. The Sabbath is Old Testament. It's no longer something that is for us as Christians. But that is not at all what Jesus is doing in this text. The people of God are to continue to obey the command to remember the Sabbath day. Jesus did not abolish the Sabbath. Rather, He fulfilled the redemptive promise of the Sabbath. We are to remember the Sabbath, but we are to do it in the proper fashion, looking forward to the redemption one in Christ. For to remember not just God's creation, but more than that, to receive the power of Christ's redemptive work. To look to the life of Jesus Christ and His righteousness and see that He has earned a Sabbath rest for us that is not according to our power that we enter it, but according to His. To look to His death and trust that His blood is the cover for our sin and our righteousness that we can enter into the very presence of God. To trust the resurrection which opened the gates to heaven, which opened the gates to the Sabbath rest that remains. 
The Sabbath is a day for rest to be experienced by God's people. And so, by the power of His Word and the comfort of His touch, Jesus brings rest to this woman. He shows that His words are not empty, but that they have power. And you, who are burdened by the brokenness of this world, who toil under the weight of sin, know this, that there is a day of rest for those who hear the Word of Christ and believe. You may feel that it will never come, but this day, the Sabbath day, is a promise, a foretaste of the rest that remains for God's people. Why come to weekly worship? Why discipline yourself to rest? So that you can experience a foretaste of the rest that is coming. To touch heaven. And to feel its power even for one day in seven. To practice the blessing of the rest that remains. But just as true Sabbath rest is experienced, it's quickly rebuked. The synagogue leader did not understand that the Sabbath was not just meant for remembering what had been, but also for celebrating and tasting what is to come. Look at verse 14. See what he says and does. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, there are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. I like the way that this man addressed the problem that he saw. A classic passive-aggressive move, right? He's indignant with Jesus, and so he starts attacking the people. He turns on them. And doing so, he reveals a profound misunderstanding of the Sabbath day. He figures that people like this woman have been sick for several years. Why not just wait till an appropriate day for her to come and be healed? But in saying this, he is missing the point of the Sabbath. It's like saying on the 4th of July, you know, there's 364 other days to set off fireworks and sing the national anthem. So please don't do it now on the 4th of July. You don't ruin the 4th of July by singing the Star Spangled Banner and setting off fireworks. Why? Because that's the day you're supposed to do it. And the synagogue leader did not understand that it's not just okay to heal on the Sabbath. It is the most appropriate thing in the world for people to receive healing on the Sabbath day. For on the Sabbath we rest in the healing, redemptive work of Jesus Christ. See how Jesus defends His actions and the people who receive healing in His name. It says, then the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Now, it's important that we see that Luke uses the title Lord for Jesus Here in verse 15, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is declaring his judgment on this conflict concerning what should and should not be done on the Sabbath day. He begins by showing that the Pharisees were inconsistent in their application of the Sabbath rules. 
They would show mercy to their animals by giving them water, but they would object to a daughter of Abraham being healed, the work of Satan being undone. The Sabbath is a day when the paradise of creation is to be restored and the work of Satan to be destroyed. And therefore, we see that to properly observe the Sabbath day, the message of redemption must be applied. We are to hear the promise of redemption in Christ. We are to hear the promise of salvation to all who hope in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. But it is not just a day to hear about the promise of redemption. It is also a day to receive the redemption promised. Today is the day to receive the healing that Jesus has won for His people. Today is the day to give your life over to Him and to trust in His work alone. For He has borne the sin of His people on the cross. He won our salvation from death when He rose from the dead. So often, the Sabbath becomes a discussion on what we can and cannot do on Sundays. But this is not the point. The point is we come to rest in what Jesus has done for us. And this is why Christians celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday and not Saturday. From creation to the cross, it was celebrated on the last day of the week because God's people were called to look back on the paradise that was. But once Christ rose from the dead on Sunday morning, God's people began to worship Him on the first day of the week, looking forward to the paradise that is to come, tasting our eternal Sabbath and what it will be like. The very good creation redeemed by our crucified and risen Lord. What is a proper application of the Sabbath in our lives? Again, some will get caught up in the particulars like these Pharisees. Yet it need not be that difficult. The Sabbath is a day when we cease from our work in this world and enter into the rest of Christ's work to hear His Word, to trust His grace, to pray to Him, to worship, to rest. And this is what we see in verse 17. A picture of the Sabbath to come. We look down there and we read, As He said these things, All his adversaries were put to shame. And all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. First of all, those who oppose Christ in his work on the day of his return when he establishes his kingdom will be put to shame. That means that they will be shown to have been wrong in their rejection of Christ and the rest that he gives. But all of God's people will rejoice in the redemption that Jesus has won. And that's why they were filled with joy at the work of Jesus. And this is what our Sabbath day should be like. A day when we rejoice in all that Jesus has done. The redemptive work won by our Lord and Savior. A day when we sing praises to His name for the Sabbath rest that He has won for us. Why give yourself to the discipline of weekly Sabbath rest? Because here is where you praise the Lord Jesus for His work of redemption. Where you join your voices with others to glorify God. 
For this is what we will do when we enter the eternal rest that remains. The book of Revelation tells us about that coming Sabbath day. That no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and His servants will worship Him and we will sing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. For You alone are holy, O God. All nations will come and worship You for Your righteous works have been revealed. In a world that works 24-7. It may be the most important discipline that you can practice in your Christian life. The discipline to lay down your burdens and hear the call of Jesus Christ. Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Would you make this dedication to sever the flow of constant work To guard the Lord's day as the day that you rest and you receive a taste of the Sabbath rest that is to come. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in a moment of prayer. Father God, we come to You and we declare our hearts that are so prone on the question of Sabbath rest to run either to legalism or to license. To run to rules of how we are to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy or reject it completely. We pray, O God, that You would give us eyes to put aside all that distracts from looking to Jesus Christ and His work alone. May we be a people who rest in Him and His work. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen.